Remember how as a kid you would visit someone with your parents and when it was time to leave, your parents announce it, they say, oh, we're leaving. But they proceed to then stand by the door and talk for like what feels like hours on a new topic that arised. But they don't let you sit down. They don't sit down. You don't get to do anything. And that's like the worst part as a kid because when you're a kid, you have no patience. But that's how you know your parents are close with those people. Because like how you would stay up late texting someone that you know you shouldn't be texting, that's how they created bonds. And I bring this up because recently it has come out that loneliness is adjacent to smoking in terms of how fast it can kill you. So in 2018, the BBC came out with a study. I think it was the BBC, if I remember my research correctly. The BBC came out with a study on loneliness and it came up that people aged 16 to 24 were the group that were reported to have the highest amount of loneliness. And that was like five years ago. So imagine now, now that we have AI chatbots to which are designed to like keep us company and have conversations with us. And there was another study posted on the Center for Disease Control and Prevention about the one on how loneliness is related to an early death, right? So it said that social isolation was associated with about 50% increased risk of dementia and other serious mental conditions. So this is what the website said. Uh, health risk of loneliness. Although it's hard to measure social isolation and loneliness precisely, there is a strong there is strong evidence that many adults aged 50 and older are socially isolated or lonely in ways that put their health at risk. Recent studies found that social isolation significantly increased a person's risk of a premature death from all causes. That is scary. A risk that may rival those of smoking, obesity, and physical activity. Social isolation was associated with about 50% increased risk of dementia, which we said earlier. Poor social relationships characterized by social isolation or loneliness was associated with a 29% increased risk of heart disease and a 32% increased risk of stroke. Loneliness was also associated with higher rates of depression, anxiety, and suicide, and loneliness among heart failure patients was associated with a nearly four times increased risk of death. 68 increased risk of hospitalization and 57% increased risk of emergency department visits. The website also said that there is an increase in loneliness risk among immigrants and members of the LGBT community. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to die because I didn't have enough hugs in my lifetime. Right, so this episode might seem a little different to you, but if you remember, in the first, first episode, I said that we were going to do a thing where we were going to talk about topics, we are going to talk about useful adulting finds, and we're going to talk about self-care. So this is my topic episode week, which will happen once a month, because four weeks in a month, and we have four um, styles, including uh, an update. So at the... Every month we'll have an update 
a self-care topic, um, a useful adulting journal topic, and a life topic, if anything. Well, if to call it that, if anything. So today is the life topic, and today I want to talk about community and how we can avoid this early death because of loneliness. So that with increasing age, it becomes harder to make friends. We all know this. It's not as effortless as it was when we were children. At this point in my life, I and all of us all have a personality beyond my favorite color is pink and I like ravioli. Like at this point in our lives, we realize that we're not very compatible with many people and either we or the other people pull away. And because we see like an increase of like, well, because of the sole fact that we use social media, we see these people, brand groups, quote unquote, on social media quite often. And, you know, it makes our perceived loneliness increase. And I don't want to say it, but I feel like people are faking the bonds that they have with each other, honestly, in real life and in social media, because I don't know. I just do because I don't understand it. Like, I'm not trying to be a hero right now. I'm just like expressing myself. And there's got to be like a compromise or a downside somewhere. Like it can't be all sunshine flowers and rainbows, right? So I can't form that bond for myself. But at the same time, I don't want to be like a pick me, pick me friend. Like nobody does. And it has happened to me where I've had the pick me friend and times where I have been the pick me friend. And I feel like it stems from like over fantasizing a potential friendship with someone like with the intent of becoming the person's friend. And I feel like sometimes I fake a level of comfort or bond around that person. And I don't like it. But at the same time, I don't know how to stop because I was like, because at the end of the day, my goal was like to become friends with this person, usually to a fault. On the other end of the spectrum, I'm so comfortable with being a bit withdrawn from other people. And when I have no expectations at all, which like friendships of people, that's when I usually become friends with them. But this episode, I'm not going to show you how to be friends with people, how to make friends in adulthood, because I'm still working on that. Remember, we're three year old. I think at this point, three year olds have like gone to daycare or something. And that's when they're like, oh, I like this food. And they discover what colors are. And they're like, this is my color. This is my favorite color, even though. They might be saying it for, you might be saying it for banter because they don't actually have the concept of having a favorite thing. I don't know. I don't remember what's like. But yeah, at this point, this is what we should be like, kind of learning to make friends or whatever. But I'm still working on that, like I said. But rather, what I can tell you about is community and like leaning into your community. And you know, when we're being taught things, we like to make sure we know the definition. So Merriam-Webster says a community is a unified group of individuals, usually with common interests. So I think the interest could be anything. The interest could be like your profession. So people that you, not that you work with or have a similar work, but have like a similar work or career as you. Interest could be your hobby, your culture, or your language. So me, I've never really been a big community person. Like when I was in middle school, I was invested in like the schools that I went to, but nothing beyond that. 
I didn't have sports teams. I didn't go to church. I didn't have any extracurriculars outside of school. So basically my whole life was like going to school at that point was just going to school, living at home. Yeah. Day in, day out. That was my life. So when I eventually did join something, I had like the toxic trait of like thinking that I didn't belong there. And because of that, my social skills are severely lacking. Like I have severe RBF, resting bitch face, and a cold, cold personality. That is absolutely a divine combination for anyone that would like to, to make friends with anyone. So basically... I live by, if we're friends, we're cool. And if we're not friends, that's also cool. Like, I'm ready to face all of life's challenges on my own. So I don't really care. <laughs> okay, so basically, I was living my life by this quote by psychotherapist Anthony DeMello. Bearing in mind, I don't know the full context of what he said. So I'm just using this quote over here. We become lonely once we realize we don't need people. And that was me. I didn't need anyone. And so I became a lonely person. I became a lonely bitch. That's what I want to say. But I don't want to swear on this podcast, honestly. Like, I don't want that to be the precedent. So this is like a one-time thing, I guess. So yeah, this was me to a T, solving all my problems on my own, not asking for help or anything. And no, I felt like no one understood me. But I was just lacking perspective. Because like I said, this podcast, we look at our past mistakes and we reflect on them. And I think we're going to hear me say I didn't know anything back then. <laughs> a lot on this podcast, honestly. Yeah, I didn't know anything back then. And so I come to Italy, right? And I see the way my father has been living because he's on the other end of the spectrum. He has lived in this town here for over 20 years. And so he's established in many different communities. But overall, let's call them the Ghanaian community because most of them are Ghanaian people. It's actually said Ghanaian. That's how the British people say it. They say Ghanaian because they pronounce everything. But I don't, I don't know. In Ghana, I just like to say Ghanaian. I don't know. Whatever. So let's think of this. He has like a Venn diagram of his communities. Okay. He's the X. He's the X in the Venn diagrams, right? So he has, because he's been here 20 years, there's these people called the old timers. They actually have a club and he's part of that club. And his, this other community are people from his home region in Ghana. And they're the people that he goes to church with. And he's been going to the same church since he was a kid. He's been going to, what's it? Or I might say, like, I don't know. He's been going to Presbytery since he was a child. So, yeah, uh, he has the Presby community. And he has the community of people that he's known for a long time because he's been here. Mind you, the old timers and the people who he has known for a long time, those are like different people. The old timers are like the old people here, basically the people who are over 40. And the people he's known here for a long time are like the people he's known here for a long time, whether they're old or not. So yeah, I'd say that's like his Venn diagram. I'm trying to like picture the Venn diagram right now, but like, okay, I'd say... He's a different ex between the intersecting sex of the people in the community. But I'll tell you one thing about the Ghanians here. Their common interest is that they're immigrants from the same country looking to live a very comfortable life here. 
And me, having lived 20 years, I'm not too proud of my diagram. But like I said, three-year-old. So let, let me give myself some grace here. Being his kid has given me like a lot of brownie points, honestly. I'll say I've inherited his social clout here because I've been to like five different social centers in Reggio. Like it's so ingrained in the culture here that whenever a thing is happening, people go to a social center and do the thing there. So yeah, it just kind of happened like that. And my dad lives by this mentality of, I need you and you need me. So it's basically like, we're here to help each other out and help, uh, yeah, basically we're helping each other out. Because I was planning to live my life here the way I was with Germany. Like, I don't need nobody. I will ask for help for anything. I'm going to live alone. But yeah, six months in here and I have been ingrained, indoctrinated, I must say, into the I need you, you need me mentality. And as much as he thinks this way, he compartmentalizes people. So as in, he knows, he knows a lot of people, but at the same time, he knows them to varying degrees and he knows that. He's aware of that. So not all of these people may necessarily be his friend. But at the same time, he says nothing is for free. So at, if I need you, you need me. It's basically that I need you, you need me thing, right? And this intertwines with that because once someone helps you, subconsciously they would expect you to help them with something else and the way it said sounds kind of negative it has kind of like a sinister way of looking at it but when you remember someone's good deeds towards you it's pretty hard to dispose of them especially when they were genuine even when it was not genuine they kind of have like a hard time you know not helping that person and I've seen it a lot he's like you know this person did this bad thing at this point but at the same time, this person really helped me out in this area of my life or with this thing. So, you know, I'm going to, you know, show them, give them their flowers in terms of that. Which is, you know, crazy to me because my generation's problem, my generation's problem is that, you know, we don't bat an eye at four arts. Like people fall out and cut people off like it's nothing. Like I remember in the 2010s, we used to hear this advice a lot cut them off if they're not serving you in your life cut them off honestly especially on youtube like the the youtube girl talks at that point were like you know cut off the toxic friends and this and that but at the same point like everybody is toxic to some degree at the same time like are we not all toxic because at some point somebody's toxic side may show but if you don't give them that grace that my father or his generation you know gives other people you're just gonna decide to like cut them off and like never talk to them again because they betrayed you and I'm like also kind of guilty of that like at the quickest sign of a betrayal I was so ready to never talk to a person again like I would just that detached and like we see people on TikTok sell each other's friend like sell so their friends out and all those things and the holidays the holidays it's like girls leaving as friends and coming back as enemies after the holiday. That is like the real pandemic. And I feel because like we don't know how to forgive each other when it comes to things. Because like the end of the day, 
what is the precedent for being toxic when we all have a bit of toxicity inside of us? And that's not what the lesson is today. I'd say some of like, that's probably like one reason why we, you know, shy away from like having a community of friends. Another point is that we fear the judgment of these people. Because at the same time, our generation has heard time and time again, only uh, God can judge you or don't feel like other people can judge you for this because they're doing that and what or not. But then for me personally, I don't think it's much the judgment as it is the perception being perceived. And when somebody perceives you in a certain way, they treat you in a certain way. That is my issue. So I fundamentally don't care what people think about me. I just care about how they treat me and make me feel. So uh, coming off of that, another reason why we may not necessarily, you know, want to be part of a community is because we fear not fitting in. And not fitting in is a feeling because nobody outwardly tells you, oh, you're not a part of us. You may like feel like, oh, we, we don't have uh, what's it called any chemistry so I feel like I'm not fitting in and that makes me feel bad you know so I kind of touched up on this but I do want to talk about the benefits of being in a community like one of the major things is that people are going to look out for you because since being here I've been here six months in retro in Italy and people have been so good to me and maybe it's because of like, you know, the ties the, to the community that my father's built here over the years. So, yeah, I could say that I've inherited his social clout. But like people have helped me in ways that I could not have imagined. And remember, I'm the person that was like, um, I can do everything by myself. I don't need anybody to do anything for me. So, yeah, more than I could have imagined, people have helped me. So I'm also starting to see the benefit and positivity in being around other people. Like one time, like I had an issue where like, I guess I needed help, but I didn't know. And my father, you know, con uh, consulted a couple of people and people that like Ghanaians because they have a network here. And so people that he didn't necessarily know, he knew of, but didn't know, you know, came together we had a meeting they brought out their resources to like help me solve an issue of mine and these people didn't even know me so that's like one thing that's like the thing they didn't know me I was like kind of touched by that I mean I wasn't touched by it in the moment but like thinking back at it I was like oh wow this was such a great thing that these people did for me but at the same time especially if you're African you will know this but, you know, not sometimes not all people are like very good people or they have their good people with bad sides to them. And sometimes their bad sides show shine more. And sometimes, too, if you're an introvert like me, you get overwhelmed by people a lot. But the African part I meant was like, you know how overbearing African adults can be, the parents, I would say, but like the adults. And... Why am I looking at my screen? You know, I'm looking at the script while I'm recording this. And that's why, like, my thoughts are not coming. Last time around, I was, I was, like, not really looking at the screen. And I was, like, you know, free speaking. I'll try and do that more or less with the script thingy. I don't know. You know, this is, I'm just starting this out. So I'm, like, experimenting different ways in how I can do this. But the script thing is just to keep me on track, you know, just pinpoints and stuff. But I digress. Like, 
you understand how like sometimes the African parents are like extremely overbearing and they have so many high expectations of you and like at the, like it can be really draining, especially when your Western or white counterparts are like not experiencing the same thing. I feel like the overbearingness comes with like is the package with every like person of color or ethnic household if anything. But because I want peace and no problems ever, this is what I am doing to facilitate that for me, especially in relation to Africans. I am practicing letting things go because they say a lot of things that, you know, to us with our Western perception and uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm saying this like everybody listening is like Western. Well, I don't know. Most of the world and young people are Westernized at this point. So I'm going to go ahead and say it anyway. Like with our Western perceptions and mentality, it's like we're the most exposed generation. So we, we know a lot more about mental health and how saying things affects people and not whatnot. But I'd say most of our parents were born in like the 70s. My parents were my my parents were born in the 70s, I think. Well, I know my mom was. So at that time, they do those people didn't know what mental health was. Their their parents, their parents were not like raising them with their mental health in mind. They were just raising them to become active members of society, what whatever that meant at the time for them. So we can't just expect our parents to like understand completely that, you know, you saying this to me is wrong. Or whatnot. I mean, yes, you can have conversations with your parents, but about it. But I realized that you know sometimes they don't understand the concept of it, and that's why it's easier to like forgive these things and let go, especially when the pers- person doing or saying these things is not necessarily your parent, so you don't have that close relationship with them to tell them about how this thing makes you feel. You know, so that's just one thing I'm gonna do what I have been doing is just taking things less personal (laughs) that's a real challenge for me because I am the epitome of taking things personally like I said I would cut off people without like second thought because they did something to me because I took things that personal and so letting things go is the thing I've had a lot of practice doing this year because at the end of the day, that's how those people grew up. And that's, that's like, that's ingrained in them. So even if they did want to change, it would be quite hard. So that's the thing that we have to practice. Practice patience and letting things go. Because I see people on TikTok. This this is me talking about Africans or usually, usually it's like Africans and ethnic people. Africans, ethnic people, people of color. I mean, I don't know if ethnic is like offensive or not but I hear it being used so yeah it's usually people of color like that like they accept their families even though you know they may do some crazy things so we kind of have to in as much as we can teach them to learn and adopt like the ways that which we understand ourselves and in terms of mental health and those things at the same time, they've been living like that for 30, 40, 50 years, and it's going to be really hard for them to like change their ways. So we kind of have to adapt and work around that. And we're not perfect either, you know. I know I'm not the easiest person to be around sometimes either. So let's give them a chance and lean in, right? 
give i'm speaking in terms of the Ghanaian community i really have no perspective when it comes to like joining like a sports team or a debate team or a knitting community things like that i'm just like telling you about the elders in, in your community that's really what this is about so like when they have those gatherings when they have those weddings the the funerals the whatever it may be the naming ceremonies because those are the things that we celebrate in Ghanaian culture so really that's the perspective that I have again like go to those things go say hi to the aunties go greet them you know they love it when some like <laughs> us younger people go and greet them and say hello to them and ask them how they've been doing because that's what they do to us when we that's what they did to us when we were kids you know they ask you oh how is this how's that how are you doing you know it's just nice even though again you may not necessarily like the person it's just nice you know go and show up for your community in that way go to you know the church meeting join those youth meetings go do those <laughs> church events and things and like do it with like a positive mind i'm just saying it like i'm reflecting because you know, listen listen i I just know, like, the context of, like, what I'm saying, right? It's different from, like, giving advice to someone where there's, like, a specific problem and then you're telling them to do this or do that. Honestly, I'm just saying, lean in, go be more involved in your community. And I know it's not going to be easy, but at the same time, you know, it gets easier, you know, and it it promotes happiness. Because remember... I wasn't teaching you to make friends. I was teaching you to be involved in the community so that we don't we don't get dementia at an early age. <laughs> right. So this is all I'm going to leave you with for now. Feel free to let me know your thoughts. Spotify has a Q&A feature which sort of acts like a comment section. So write what you need to there. Please do the reviews. We need to do that this you are welcome to my podcast come back anytime this is our space now and yeah share share the podcast too please